welcome to episode 275 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, listeners. For our topic this week, we're going to chat about automation and reinventing yourself in the job market. So as a little preamble to this episode, we'll say that it was inspired by a comment made by Yuval Noah Harari, who's uh, perhaps best known as the author of Sapiens and Homo Deus. I believe he has a a new book coming out as well. And uh, he appeared on the Wired uh, Geek's Guide to the Galaxy podcast just recently and had some interesting comments uh, about uh, science fiction and uh, AI and automation and the like. Um, But one particular comment that he made sort of resonated with me for a number of reasons uh, related to this topic for today. And, uh, and I'll just, uh, uh, sort of paraphrase, uh, from, from his comment that, uh, he was saying it's, it's questionable, uh, how many times human beings can reinvent, uh, him or herself, uh, during the lifetime, especially if you're, you know, you're anticipating longer lifetimes for people in the future. Um, and so the question he posed is, could you reinvent yourself many times? So whether that be four or five or six times uh, during your life and, and whether or not the stress of, of doing that would be uh, very difficult to deal with. And, and, and he went on to say, you know, he'd be interested in seeing, uh, you know, a, a sci-fi movie or something like that. You're sort of dealing with that, that problem of this constant, uh, reinvention, uh, and transition and adjustment, uh, periods around that. So, so that's the inspiration for our topic today, which is around, uh, reinvention, uh, due to automation in the job market. So, so Dirk, let's, uh, out of the gate, uh, uh, I think it would be interesting to entertain the question, have you ever had to reinvent yourself, uh, either due to automation or to some, some other, other factor? Yeah. I mean, I've reinvented myself a number of different times to the point where I have trouble telling a cohesive professional narrative about myself. Right. So, so what were the, if you wouldn't mind giving uh, some of the highlights, like the different kinds of roles that, that you played and, and whether or not there were triggers, uh, for, for those changes. Sure. So I was pursuing a degree in philosophy to be a professor and I got a divorce, which meant I had to start making more money. So I moved into, um, advertising account management and in doing account management, I realized I had more interest and aptitude for creative. So I moved into uh, writing and design and through that, you know, this is in the early zeros basically when web design is just becoming a big thing. And so as, you know, that sort of uh, technology and the needs around it emerged, I shifted from more traditional contexts uh, into that, into basically uh, what we now would think of as UX design and um, things like that. Uh, from there, started a company and in, you know, our company today, but starting way back then, right. um, there came a point pretty early where one one of the two founding partners had to be the business guy 
And that turned out to be me. And so I had to, you know, redefine myself now as an entrepreneur, as a, an agency owner, basically, as sort of two different things. Um, you know, that was a longer period for me. And then when the recession really killed the company, I had, uh, had is not the right word this time. I, I felt very lost. Um, you know, my, what my, the meager fortune that I had accumulated was wiped out and, um, I was no longer learning and what I was doing, I was feeling bored. And so I sort of, from a hobby perspective, took on game design as a new creative outlet. Um, and then a couple of years later, um, had the idea for a software startup around identity graphing and, uh, you know, sort of personality matching to jobs, to, um, partners, to, to all kinds of things. And so then a new type of entrepreneurship, like, a you know, com startup entrepreneurship took on that role after a couple years. And finally, you know, our next round of funding didn't materialize, um, you know, kind of went back to some of the old stuff, but now more recently, um, with some of the things that we're planning, you know, getting into, um, writing in a, in a different way than I ever have before. Um, yeah, I mean, at least those changes. Right. So that's, that's six or seven just right there. Um, and I'd say there's at least one that was tied to automation, which is, uh, sort of the advent of, you know, the World Wide Web, right? So this creation of automated communications in many, many sure, forms. Sure. Te sure. Technology change. And, you know, um, and so certainly, I run against his conclusion of uh, that people aren't able to adapt that much. But, uh, you know, he, he is a, a very intelligent person and also a very big thinker. And um, one of the things, I, I, so I found myself actually disappointed by his contention because what he's not accounting for is that we're all different. And, you know, certainly there are some people for whom um, even one massive reinvention of themselves would be trying just in terms of their personality type, who they are from a combination of nature and nurture uh, on the other extreme of somebody like me who, who, you know, going back to when I was a child, uh, you know, my pattern was deep dive into something for two or three years, um, totally consume it, then get bored with it and then completely change gears and dive into something else. Right. So on the other extreme of somebody like me, who's sort of wired to want to reinvent on a fairly regular basis um, with lots of gray in between those. And so, you know, the, the sort of hard premise of, oh, can people, you know, redefine themselves this often? You know, some will love it and some won't be able to. And in between, there will be people who can and don't particularly like it, again, in, in varying varying shades of gray. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we're going, we collectively will need to be more adaptable. We will, compared to the past, certainly need to professionally redefine ourselves more and perhaps in more extreme ways. Um, but, you know, blanket statements about our ability to do so or not are, are just kind of silly, frankly. Yeah. I, so, yeah, the, you, you mentioned lots of different points that, that I want to get into. One is that, um, and I think perhaps this is, this is a, a moderately safe conclusion that the entrepreneurial mindset, the innovator's mindset, uh, is a, flexible one and perhaps well suited to, you know, the coming changes of, of, um, you know, AI automation or however you want to frame that. Um, and so the sort of upending of the usual, um, 
you know, environment of, uh, you, you know, the continuous career with say one company, um, you know, that, that change, um, you know, is perhaps like a good proving ground for this, 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 uh, idea that, you know, people can, can modify their, uh, their careers sort of in response to technological shifts like this. I think, it's probably also worth, uh, you know, exploring a little bit like th this idea that, um, so I think you had some, some vastly different, uh, uh, sort of career positions in there and then some, which, which are arguably sort of along the same continuum. Mm -hmm. So you're taking different roles, but you're sort of within this sort of broader continuum that is similar. Like you're not going from, you know, being a game designer to being uh, a mechanical engineer to being like, uh, uh, you know, somebody who's uh, driving a taxi or something like the like the the distances between those things, they, they all fall into the knowledge work, creative activities uh, that are uh, uh, unified from from that perspective, or they draw on similar skill sets that you've that you leverage each time you make those I, those shifts. Yeah, I think I think that's generally true. I think in the details there would be more difference than than appears to be the case in sort of the executive summary version. But no, let's let's just stipulate that for the sake of conversation, John. Yeah, and and I think so so perhaps, you know, these you know, the really broad shifts and moving into discomfort, right? Like moving from uh you, you know, you're moving towards uh things where your skills are adaptable uh, which is saying something about your skill set that it's adaptable, um, and it doesn't necessarily veer into something that you're uh, uncomfortable with, right? So perhaps you know this example would work for both of us. You know, maybe maybe we're uh, not super comfortable doing uh, you know like lab work or something like like really going in there and and uh, um, you know, pipetting stuff or something, you know, I'm just making up a skill set that would, that would make us, uh, where, where it would grind a little bit, where it'd be harder. I, what I took from, uh, uh, Mr. Harari's, uh, comment was like, like just these vast turns, not, not like an evolution of skill, but just like a, a huge cutoff at the pass where, um, and, and, and I'm sure that this is what it might be like for somebody shifting from, you know, hey, I'm, you know, working in a factory right now and I'm, uh, you know, part of this assembly line to whoops, now I'm an entrepreneur and I'm, you know, just, you know, yeah. taking a left turn. Yeah. And I don't even think that's correct. Right. I mean, either I think either his his concept is flawed or the way he's communicating it is muddy that leads us to think that it's flawed um, because there are not if there are six or seven you know redefinitions for people over the course of of their lives in this theoretical uh, future of work um, they're not going to be as different as the ones that you're talking about here there may be one or two that constitute that but um, no I mean you're not going to go from creative work to, to driving a cab as a, um, as, as a typical change, doubly so because the future of AI automation is one heading towards getting rid of jobs like driving a cab. The, the, the jobs that are, are um, distinctly and dramatically different than core knowledge and creative work are the things that are going away. And so the, the very world and context that we live in 
is gearing us more towards things that require more from our brains and less from our, I don't know, ability to repress our boredom. Yeah, I think there's there's um, a couple different aspects there that uh, that that I'd like to consider. One is, uh, you know, we've talked about this example before, how certain kinds of automation are going to, uh, you know, make it make it easier to to do some kinds of knowledge work, and at the same time, um, are also not necessarily going to touch jobs where. Um, the amount of or the type of work is so um, variable and physical that it doesn't allow for the level of robotic or um, uh, knowledge automation that that we would see otherwise. And the examples are, of course, uh, nursing and caregiving because you know taking care of people can be so such a unique prospect. I think another example we've talked about in the past is plumbing, the idea that, you know, sort of re, um, you know, whether you're thinking about the the way the plumbing works uh, currently in a building or you're modifying that to, you know, make adjustments to it, just the the sheer physicality and... And, uh, and diversity uh, of context. Exactly. Yeah. That, you know, it's not going to be easily automated. So, so in, 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 in those examples... I could see very much, um, and I'm not saying this this is what's going to happen, but I could see very much certain kinds of knowledge work uh, that are routine, say, um, become automated, and all of a sudden we find a, a lot of folks who may need to make a shift into, say, like nursing or plumbing or yeah, trades, or, yeah, like right, real really skilled trades. Yes. So, yeah, this combination of knowledge and, you know, yeah. the, the physicality that, um, you know, is uh, uh, could could be a rough switch. If you want a safe career path, that's the safest. Oh, I think it's, so. It's not the knowledge and creative work. It's the skilled trade stuff that is mashing them together because the machines have a long way to go before they can they can make that happen. Yeah. And that's an interesting um that's an interesting point that I I don't think gets made enough. Um, it, is that it is this combination of the the knowledge, like the understanding of materials and 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 fittings and pieces, and the way that uh, you do things like welding or um, uh, the flow of water, or you know. So there's so many things that you need to know, and then you need to know like, hey, I can pull this off in this space, or hey, there's no physical way that you can do this. Um, so it's this combination of the physical knowledge and, and, and sort of the, uh, uh, the memory and skill set and training that, that all come together there. And just physical ability to do it, right? I mean, with, with plumbing, you might need to go into the floor somewhere. Are you going into linoleum? Are you going into cement? Are you going into wood? Like these are different tools. These are different, you know, having the one multi-purpose robot that can kind of do all of these things after having sort of diagnosed the problem and doing it correctly. It's just, it's just way down the road. It's way down the road. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's totally right. Um, you know, reflecting back on, uh, this idea of flexibility, uh, you know, especially in terms of sort of the way that you've transformed, uh, uh, your career over time. Um, excuse me. I, I think that's that's absolutely key, you know, in combination with uh, curiosity and continuous, you know, education. So, uh, on on occasion, I give 
Electron Emerging Technologies and Design. And one of the sort of stock uh, uh, tenants that I like to talk about is just how everybody needs a continuous learning methodology, like a personal one where you have a way of learning new skills uh, once you're out of um, a purely educational environment like college. And obviously I'm talking at universities when I'm, when I'm saying this, but I'm saying, you know, hey, once you've got your degree, this is not the end of your continuous learning. And, and how do you not just learn new things, but how do you sort of catalog those things and, and return to them and digest them and integrate them into your work, et cetera. Um, but that's, that's really also goes hand in hand with this, you know, this flexibility of mindset and, and curiosity about, you know, Hey, you know, if I take this slight, you know, change this, this slight turn and, you know, in, in your case, you know, go and create games, right? So you're leveraging a bunch of stuff that you already knew, but you're learning a bunch of new things as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, so, so that being a really key factor in, in being adaptable, uh, you know, in the future, I think that's, you know, pretty important. Yeah. I mean, I think in that case, I've just been lucky. Like I'm, I'm really curious about things. And when I kind of latch onto something, I go, I go deep. You know, there's a friend of mine, he says to me, Dirk, it doesn't matter what it is. You're always in balls deep. It doesn't matter what it is. And <laughs> it's just my nature. Right. And, um, it's, it's nothing I've earned or, um, it might manifest as effort, but it's effort based on just, I'm naturally turned to just sink myself in as much as I can. Um, I, that is a, something that if people can develop as a skill, would suit them well for the future is really, really going deep into stuff and really getting excited about it and, and learning, you know, as, as much as you can going, you know, going, going really deep. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think you're right about that. That's, that's, um, that curiosity I think is essential. So for, for myself, I, I certainly had a, uh, you know, multi, uh, multi-job career path, uh, not dissimilar to to yours, Dirk, and and without sort of marking out each uh, each of those. I mean, I've worked as a musician, I've worked as a house painter, <laughs> run you know uh, uh, you know startups, and I've helped uh, you know design digital products sort of I, I, across I, those things. And no, knowing knowing a lot about your career, I, I might go so far as to say. I'm not even go so far. I think I think without doubt the diversity in your experiences are more than mine. Yeah, there's. I mean, it, it's it's been you know all over the place. I mean, especially the perhaps the most uh, sort of different one was being a working musician. That that was really uh, different from anything else that I've done. Um, I think that has a lot of overlap with other things you've done. I don't know about that. Okay, I don't know. All right. Well, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to talk about, yeah. talk about that. Um, just from a uh, uh, the standpoint of the lifestyle that went around uh, along with that. I mean, that mm -hmm. was that was largely nocturnal. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that that's all I meant by that comment. But but this um, and and so I too was struck by this idea that that reinvention may be foreign to. Some groups of folks, but in definitely in, is foreign to many groups of folks. Yeah, and and that um, perhaps the entrepreneurs and the innovators and 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 sort of the creative workers mindset are, you know, in some ways prepared, uh, you know, for for the shift towards reinvention. Um, 
And uh, certainly at the same time, having to be aware that there is so much opportunity for knowledge work to be automated, which I don't think is getting enough play uh, as far as that point goes. No, it's not. But you and I are going to be talking a lot about that yeah, in, in the months ahead. <laughs> we will. Um, and I, I think this theme of reinvention is really key to um, the the future of work and the future of of jobs, not just because of automation, but certainly, um, you know, just changing technologies, whether it's whether it's automating things or presenting new opportunities, right, that that weren't there before. Um, this idea of reinvention is is very powerful because it also means that, you know, the thing that you could do, you know, some amazing discovery, you know, it's possible you're not even in the career path where that where that happens, right? Like you you could just be building towards that that next great opportunity. So so from that perspective, reinvention is is a hopeful thing, right? If if you're not particularly uh uh enthralled with what you do now, hey, you know, it's like the weather in New England. Wait, wait a, you know, wait a little bit and it will change. Yeah, but look, I mean, we're talking about a lot of the sunny sides and and for ourselves who are easy to adapt to this, but there's a reason why there are for example whole towns that are are basically stuck in time around the coal industry, right? That that folks haven't diversified or or done uh, it, it has not been within their their uh personal set of decisions and tolerances to move out of the 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 ghost town that's been left behind by an industry like coal or or some other and and tried to reengage right there there's a reason why people are stuck and trapped and hurting um still decades after those things happen and they haven't been able to to shake free and and to what degree that's that's you know nature or nurture or uh, social I, I don't know I'm not informed enough on the topic but um you know, they're, they're, the reality of it isn't all happy and fun and uh, re, you know, sort of reimagine ourselves. There's a lot of people who get left behind by this stuff. And so the, the greater challenge for us is how do we help people not be left behind for whom this is not a natural metamorphosis, not a natural change? Um, because we'll all be better for that. And it's something that as a, as a country, we haven't been good at, and and these are even bigger changes. So dare I say, it might be even more difficult to pull people along and help people to participate. Those are the big questions, from my perspective. Yeah, those those are exactly the the big questions, and and they'll in particular be important, uh, you know, from a policy basis and a political basis, increasingly so. Yeah. Uh, as these things progress, and you know, sort of that's that's a bigger topic, of course, but that is something that uh, uh, is probably worth digging into as well. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com. That's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everyone. So it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening or afterward, if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you'd like to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. 
And of course, the whole show is brought to you by GoInvo, a studio designing the future of healthcare and emerging technologies, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at DNemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thanks so much for listening. So that's it for episode 275 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.